Hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll chat with a friend whom I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8:28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll share writing and publishing questions from our listeners. However, once in a while, I'll offer bonus content, a special interview that's out of the norm for the format of our show, and today is one of those days. So let's get started. All right. Well, here we are with another special interview, some bonus content on the whole topic of racial injustice and just really giving voice to some of my friends who are godly women, but who also happen to be women of color and we've just really never had the conversation before a week ago, um, how that has been, what that life has looked like. And so I am here today with Tanya Williamson, who happens to be a team member at Redemption Press. So Tanya, welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Athena. Oh, you bet. It's I've been looking forward to this <laughs> ever too. since we had that uh, team meeting not long ago where the question was asked, how are you doing with everything that's going on right now around us? And that was just such a pivotal time for us. Just give us a little bit of your background on just what, what was your life like? You were born in 68, was 68, uh-huh. Born in 68. Um, I, I lived, I lived in the city and and the city was mostly black because there were dividing lines that I didn't even know until later, but literally was written in law books that blacks couldn't be beyond certain places. And if they did, um, they dealt with a lot of things. Some of those books or laws are still on the books to this day, even wow. though people pushed those book uh, laws. But so I did grow up in a mostly black neighborhood. And then my mother, um, when I was let, uh, no, I take that, but before my mother moved us to a mostly white neighborhood, I got bused um, from the black school to the white school um, for gifted and talented um, because we didn't, they didn't have those programs in the school that I went to or in a neighborhood near me. So I had to get up early and take a, a long bus ride to go to mostly white school. And um, that teacher, I didn't know what it was, but I do remember just feeling like the teacher just hated me and it was only a couple of us there. Um, so I had that experience young, um, growing up. I have been to, my mother moved us to a mostly white neighborhood with a mostly white school. There were race riots in the park. Um, I remember walking down the street a couple times, a main street, and twice somebody tried to run me over and yelled out, nigger! Um, in college, I dealt with professors that would ignore me, say certain things, 
um, even in high school, I remember that in one high school teacher told me I was the, uh, a token black. And I remember saying, trying to raise my hand to ask some questions about something he was saying. And he just ignored me. He did that over and over till eventually I didn't keep raising my hand. And I didn't have anything, anybody to say anything to because my family, it was just, it is what it is. Deal with it. And that's it. Um, I worked in, um, I'm a teacher by trade. I do have a master's in education. But before that, uh, I felt like God was calling me to teach. So I opened up the yellow pages, just closed my eyes literally, and my finger landed on this Montessori school. And I just called to see if they were hiring, and they were. It was a, a white Jewish lady. She called, um, she was like, yes, come in. So I was the first black teacher that they had. It was in a mostly white area. Wow. Parents did not want their kids in my classroom. And until they saw how I loved the kids and how the kids responded me, to me. And then they started asking for their kids to be in my classroom. But this lady changed my life because this lady told me how she would uh, participate in sit-ins. And I was shocked to hear a white person say that because at that point in my life, I knew I was black and I, I did things, I had accomplished things, but I was not a proud to be black. And I would just, just, you know, you hide behind you're, you, you're silent a lot. And she's the first person that made me feel like I had value as a black person because of what she said she did and how she would speak to me and hold your head up and tell me things like that. I got into college. I got, I did have a white professor, young lady. She did the same thing. And that's what made me start having pride and being black because it was not something to feel proud of before. Um, I had, I go back to elementary school when I was in the mostly white schools, there were some white schoolmates that wanted a couple of us black people to spend the nights at their houses. And thankfully those parents were kind to us. Mm -hmm. And that's what also helped me when I was dealing with that whole thing between where do I fit in? I'm too black to be white, too white to be black, and I'm not accepted anywhere. But those parents and those kids just gave me a place to unknowingly see that I did fit in somewhere and I did matter. And I'm so thankful to those parents to this day and those kids. So this is something I want to say now. I know you said at the end, but parents don't stop your kids from being friends with people of color or people of a different race because you don't know what difference you're making in their lives to help them to know that they have value. And so I'm thankful for those parents. Um, I had teachers that I ended up working with once I started teaching in the public school district um, who stood up for me where other teachers didn't in the same district, because I taught in the same district that I went to school with when it started changing to being mostly black. And I just remember going to a couple of teachers saying, thank you. Thank you for seeing beyond me and my color and the struggles I had. Because at one point I had so much anger from how I was treated and anger at home. If I was called a nigger, something happened, I wouldn't start it, but I would finish and I did a lot of fighting. So I was always in the office. And even if something happened that wasn't me, the white administrators 
would put it on me. And it was like they couldn't wait to give me swats and try to just hurt me and giving me swats. But I had one, the uh, assistant principal, I could just see it would be tears in his eyes and he would kind of go easy on me. And I ended up teaching with his wife and I got to thank him too for his compassion. So again, I'm going to say, white people, it matters how you respond to people and the kind of love you show and what you do. Because if it wasn't for those people, I was struggling. I was lost. I could have been on a completely different path. Mm. Um, so, I, I, oh, I didn't, I do want to say this too. Even, so I live in Kansas City and it's the a greater metropolitan area of a lot. It encapsulates a lot of cities. Well, the plaza is there and people all over the world are familiar with the plaza in Kansas City because it mimics uh, Seville, Spain, I want to say. Well, we couldn't even go there at one point. And I remember when we could go, you would be followed or you just were ignored or how you was treated just made you feel like you didn't want to go and that stayed with me so to this day i mean i'll go it's changed a lot but i don't go a lot it's not some place i want to go to um and even in my day i remember there was a place called fairyland drive-in and black people could only go there one day a year was the black day and i remember seeing an article in the paper when i got older advertising that so just I've, I've experienced a lot um but god mm. god from a young age the holy spirit i didn't even know what the holy spirit was would speak to me about reading the bible and 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 i remember the first scripture i learned um was god is love and a white Sunday school teacher taught me this, God is love. And then he had me memorize um, another scripture. And that's when I started memorizing scripture, a white teacher. And then at second grade, I, I remember memorizing the 23rd Psalm. So I'm saying the Holy Spirit was helping me to deal with the anger and the issues and the frustration I had with how to live through that. And a verse that I didn't know till later, but God was working in me when everything was happening to me was Colossians 3.12, which is clothe yourself with kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience, and forgive those um, who, and it, it says more about forgive, but it was like, because I had experienced so much hatred, I had experienced neglect i had experienced abuse um all kinds of things at the hands of white people but at the same time those that rose up because of god that teaches us to think differently and live differently despite how we're treated that's what changed my heart and helped me to be able to love people despite how they treated me and to be compassionate and kind humble patient um believe in the best and not the worst um about people because it's easy to think that just because, for example, I, I, and I even, I get into discussions a lot, even with black people, um, um, 
like if somebody is in the store and he's talking about how the white woman clutched her purse because she's afraid of me. I was like, how do you know she clutched it just because she was black? Maybe she clutched it because of every person. Maybe she had an experience that where something happened to her and it may not have been a person of color that did it, but because of her experience, she reacts that way to everybody and it doesn't have anything to do with race. So what I'm saying with that is, if we're following how God, God's word and what Jesus demonstrated, mm -hmm. we don't just assume the worst about people. Even George Floyd, don't just assume the worst. Well, what did he do? Um, because that's not the question we should be asking. Exactly. If we Christians are clothed with compassion, our hearts should go out at any type of injustice, regardless of the race and regardless of how much they seem to make or how bad they smell. I mean, I'm just throwing homeless people in there too. So I'm just saying compassion, humility, rightly seeing yourself, not too high, not too low, mm. gentle do you have a gentle spirit in how you think about other people and how you respond so God convicts me all the time about um, because I've lived through so much then he makes me go back and remember what a certain things feel like and he's like do you see how you thought that that person looked at you that way because of this and you don't know the backstory behind that, mm. you've created something from your experiences and you, you can't go by your experiences. I need you to still love anyway, mm. do good. That's a whole nother scripture. Is it Luke 26, Luke 6, 20, I'm messing it up, but love your enemies, do good to mm. those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who despitefully use you. So what I'm saying is regardless of what has happened, as a Christian first, and despite race, God teaches us how to look at things, mm -hmm. how to love people, how to live, how to serve. And we have to evaluate ourselves. Are we living like Christ? Mm -hmm. Are we and if we don't even know what that looks like, then we gotta open up the story and start reading reading to see what Christ did. Christ went um, to Samaria to talk to the Samaritan woman. They didn't speak to women at that day, in day and age, let alone a Samaritan, but Jesus modeled so many things. And even in his parables, where he told the parable of, and I know I'm rambling, I'm saying this last thing, oh, the, parable, <laughs> the parable, of, um, <laughs> when he told the parable, oh, the, uh, the good Samaritan, and, and the, I believe it was a Jewish person, if you look at commentaries, they think it was a Jewish person that had been beat up, and the priest walked by. Mm. A priest, a man of God. So put that in today's. When I read the Bible, I don't look at it years ago. I'm asking God, how do I apply it to my life today? The Levite, a temple worker, walked past. Mm. But the Samaritan, the one who was shunned, had no business going over there dealing with him, he went to and then he sacrificed. Mm. He he took the time to to uh 
heal the wounds, pour oil on them, and pour a wine, which was to disinfect. So it would have been easy for him to say, you okay, you okay, and then leave. But he didn't do that. He took time. He took what cost him something. He took his energy. And then he picked him up, put him on his donkey. And I don't, I'm, I'm imagining if he put the uh, person on the donkey, there wasn't room for him to be comfortable anymore. So he had to not be as comfortable anymore. Mm -hmm. And then, or he either had to walk. So he had to be uncomfortable. He had to walk, but either way, he gave up something. And then when he took and found a place for that person to stay, he gave two denarii, which was two days wages. Who gonna give what you work hard for? But again, God told that story because he's saying, we can't just walk by on the other side like we didn't see or if we did see act like we didn't see and just because you are a minister or a christian and you got to get to church or you got to do something else good that ain't the good thing you should be doing the good thing you should be doing is stopping and helping mm -hmm. and saying something and giving a voice giving time giving your money and even in today's it Black voices at one time were not heard. It was because of white voices behind that had power that could help magnify those black voices. Do you think that Martin Luther King alone could have done that without any black people or even the Underground Railroad? Um, Harriet Tugman, she couldn't have done that without those Quakers having places for them to stay. So we need people who have voices and power and authority and money to speak up for those of us that don't know how or don't know to or was taught not to thank goodness that god put people on the earth even back in the uh slave times that did have voices to be revolutionaries but not all black people was like that most of us complied even if that meant because you didn't want to risk being lynched killed or anything like that you protected your life by just being the most respectful that you can be and that's what has that was carried on in my life just be respectful but not all of that is because of what i was taught now what outshadows that is what christ has taught me and how to love people and look beyond how you treat it well and what i love is just the example of how the people in your life that hurt you the most, the white people who were mean and ignored you. And you know, so you got white people who do that to you, but then God yes. gives you white people who love you and yes. who encourage you. Yes. And I love that, that he, that's Romans eight twenty eight. Yes, that is the good news. If he hadn't sent those people, I'm telling you, Athena, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done the things I did today. They're the ones that really made me see I'm valuable. I really am. And they like poured into me. My my spiritual mentor, she's white and she just she understands it. She just she keeps pouring things into me. And if it wasn't for these people, I'm so thankful that God has shown me both sides of that. Like you said, yeah. God is good. That is the Romans 8:28, working in the good. He uses all things for good. And he turned that thing around 
from not so good white people to good white people. And it, it, it's what made me not afraid to keep trying to be around them, starting mm -hmm. from elementary school, spending the night at those white people's houses. That is what helped me. And it just kept going and going and going. And I love that, that you, that you were soft hearted, even when you were angry, you know, God was able to get through to you to, and, and you looked at what the word said and you said, I, I, I need to do that. Even though this person, you know, wasn't, was mean to me or they were hurtful or they, that was painful. You yeah. chose to do what God said to do and to, and, and that's so even, you know, again, God using even that, even those painful things yes. to, to strengthen you, to refine you, yes. to heal you of the, the yes. angry, the, the anger inside from all of that yes. hurt. Yes. I mean, I yes. just love how God is God. So good. Yes. Let me tell you, I had some arguments with him though, because <laughs> I mean, be like, God, I ain't doing that. Did you see they did this? Da, da, da. And God, he is so patient. Mm we really can have a real relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, he speaks to me. He convicts me. He tells me how to act, but I got to take the time to listen and ask. So I'm arguing. I mean, literally arguing with God in the privacy of my house and God just sits back and he's so patient and kind mm -hmm. and he listens and he just steers me and steers me. And then finally I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I don't want to, but I'm going to do it. So you're right. We, we do have, to have a heart that's willing but I, my heart ain't always willing I'm just gonna say that but I thank God that he's in me enough to where and he's so kind and patient enough to break down that stuff that I think I'm right about and wait on me to let me see I'm not right and to do it his way hmm. Oh man, we could talk for hours, I, but let's do this. Let's wrap this up with, if, if you could leave our listeners with one thought to ponder, just to help, you know, just to help us do better at understanding yeah. each other, yeah. what would that be? Um, ask yourself the question, how well do you love? Hmm. Meaning love if we look in first corinthians 13 is patient it's kind keeps no record of wrong it's not like a clanging symbol so how well do you love love is sacrificial and and if you think you love him well then you ask yourself this next question what would my friends say about how well i love mm. and then if you got friends that take your side because sometimes friends do you ask yourself how well would an enemy or somebody that's against me say that I show love. Whoa. So how well do we love? And we got to check ourselves hmm. and do better with loving because that's what Christ came. Two great, two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. We got to love, do a better job of loving and evaluating how well we love. Hmm. Good word, girl. That is so good. I, you, Lord. I love that. I love that. Well, I am going to, um, when we post this, I'm going to also make sure we have a link to your 
books because you oh, are one of wow. our authors while we're hey, at it. I didn't even think of that. Thank you. <laughs> so give us, give us the tr three titles just so everybody knows. Okay. Worship God and Praise Away the Pounds. And then I have a Worship God and Praise Away the Pounds 10-week Bible study. And then I have Scaredy Crow and the Scaredy Crow. I mean, Scaredy Crow and the Scarecrow. That's the children's book. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been, it has been such a delight to have you not only as one of our authors, but also as one of our team members working as a project manager. And you just, you, you just light up the room whenever we, we always do Zoom calls, but you just, you do, you light up the room. And I just so appreciate having you on the team and just hearing you share I mean, I was just weepy the whole time. It was so good. Thank you. I have thoroughly been blessed by being on the team. I'm like, look at these women and what they doing. Oh, Lord. So you all inspire me, all of you. So I'm, it's a God thing, and I'm thankful, so thankful. Amen. Well, it's been delightful to have you on. So listen up, everyone. Think about that. How well do you love? What would your friends say? How, how well do you love? What would they say? And then what would your enemies say about how well you love? That is, woo. Yeah. I, I'm going to unpack that one for a while. Me and too. Cause God just told it to me. So I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girlfriend. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you thank so much you. for being with us today. Bless you, Athena. Thank you. Amen. So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful, or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you next week.